1: Suns fans, it's all over. Eighteen game win streak has been snapped. The Warriors have defeated them, one eighteen to ninety six. It seemed like a close game at first, ended up being a blowout. You know, when I was a young kid, I used to cry after every loss the Suns had back in the Steve Nash era. Not very many losses, but tonight I'm not gonna cry. I think I'm a big boy now, and but I might cry over one thing. John is not with us tonight. He might come in a little bit later. So who we got tonight is Coach Evan B, replacing John. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, all things considered. All things considered, doing well.
2: 18 was fun, but here we are, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was fun. And the, the way you want to end it really is against a team like the Warriors, right? A team that everyone still talks about. Are you are you sure that the Suns are better than the Warriors? You know, you have a lot of that talk. So I guess if you're going to lose the streak to One team in the NBA, it's going to be the Warriors. I'm okay with it. The back to back, you could tell the Suns, I think we're just hard. We're super, super tired in the second half, don't you think?
2: Absolutely. From the get go, you could just kind of see the loose balls just going in the favor of the Warriors' way and I thought the Suns had a great game plan, how they were able to slow the game down at points, and Chris Paul did what he needed to do. We just couldn't get the production. The rotations just always felt a half a step off, and you could clearly tell which team had two days off and which team Mm -hmm. was traveling back-to-back.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this last pod where it's like back-to-backs I feel like aren't really too much of a thing anymore. I know they were just talking about in on the broadcast. Like They asked Monty, they're like, hey, does this matter anymore? I think Monty just replied, like, I think these players understand now what a back-to-back is and just how to adjust and how to get that energy back. But you could just tell the Suns retired tonight. But thanks again for coming on. Um, Coach Evan B., where can they find you? Where where can they find your social media wise? Your podcast? Can you please explain to the jamsters?
2: Absolutely. At coach Evan B is my personal one on Twitter. Very active because I love all things Arizona sports and sports in general. And he's on fire podcast at he's on fire pod. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube and anchor and spotify and all that fun stuff so so please hit us up there and, and join the chat sometimes as well too covering all things arizona sports except the team down south in tucson not them
1: except for them huh? okay and do the same for us too uh jam series you can find us of course here go ahead and subscribe hit the like button find us at suns jam on twitter um also leave a five-star review on apple podcast please do we'll read it here on the podcast and most importantly i think you already have a beer and is it already open open. I have my opener upstairs and I just opened it, cracked it down
2: here. So oh, I know I'm face. off a little bit, but I got something. It's for all
1: it. right. It's all right, man. So I do have one. Went to the store just shoots. Another just shoots. You know, I like the last one I had. I forget what it was called. The actual taste of it. But this is a fresh haze IPA. Going to go ahead and try this one again. So I'm going to give this a crack. I think we're going to get this pod started. Let's hear it. There, there, there it is. There it is. Again, the Suns lose 118 to 96. Um, you know, the 18 game win streak's over. Uh, now we can look to getting another win streak started, right? Is this something that's going to happen? You know, I mean, after losing, it's such a weird kind of game. You know, Mikhail gets hurt a little early on. Then you start to remember, like, hey, yeah, we, we have Devin Booker on this team still. Cause I think just winning, you forget. Maybe even when Aiden was hurt, you kind of forget, like, We need Aiton in there. No, you really don't. You're winning. We need Booker in there. Now we're winning games. But now, I mean, is this something of concern to where you want Booker back now in the lineup? Of course you do. He's a superstar. But now it's like, all right, fun's over. Bring him back, right? If he's ready to go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. If he's ready to go. I mean, selfishly, I'm going to my first son's game next Friday when I fly out there against the Celtics. So selfishly, I really want him to play. But I think Flex had a really, really good point. This could still be really good for the Phoenix Suns. You see guys needing to step up, right? Guys that aren't really going to play that much. Maybe Ish Wainwright, by the way, which we'll talk about later. Guys stepping up into more of a role. Shamit, Cam Johnson, etc. Coming in, playing against a team... That has been there before, that has championship experience. So you get more guys playing in these type of games in more minutes. It's overall a good thing for the Phoenix Suns, especially what is it, December 2nd, December 3rd? We yeah. have so much time in the season.
1: It is, and that's another way to look at the streak too. Yeah, it was nice. It was awesome. We broke the record. Uh John asked me a few podcasts back in Vegas, I had a little bit to drink, and he's just like, What did you think of it? I'm like, it's awesome, it's great, but I mean, does it mean anything towards the long run? It's still early in the season. Now you're going to um, basically uh, the second quarter of the season, right? And uh, someone just put in the chat, actually, right now, that we can maybe get the 20-game win streak going, which, I don't know. Another streak, oh, that's exhausting for us, right? <laughs> it's a lot of work, but, no, I, I seriously enjoyed it, and I'll pour one out, to for the streak. Uh, but first...
2: Matthew, I got to ask.
1: All right, Coach, so... I actually got to ask you because John's not here and I can't ask myself. That wouldn't make any <laughs> sense. So when Steph Curry, I mean his last game, I think it was his his worst shooting performance last game against the Suns in his in his career. It, when he hit that first three, do you think it was already over? You think this game getting the crowd in there two for two for three for the Warriors? I know it's super, super early, of course, but did you think in the back like, of your mind, ah, this is not gonna go good?
2: No, because that's exactly what he did the first game on Tuesday. He was the first one to hit a three for them as well, too. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we'll see what happens. It was actually the time where he crossed up Shamit and did the step back and hit that. That's oh, when I was like, oh, no. So that was the point for me. What about
1: you? Um, I think it was when Draymond hit the three. It was in the fourth quarter when Draymond, I mean, everyone leaves him wide open. And everyone always talks about that. Every podcast you listen to. Leave Draymond open. You know, if he's going to hit it, he hits it. But when he hits it, usually, it's mm. usually a bad omen. It's going to mean that it might be game over. And it was, basically. And the Suns, I just think, they didn't have their legs underneath them, even Aiden underneath the basket. He just had a hard time really getting up there and getting the board. So I just can tell they were just super, super tired. But you did mention Landry Shamit, And I think he did, he did a hell of a job tonight. We needed somebody from the bench to... To really step up. And I think he was basically the only guy. I know he did start the game, but nine points, but he started out three for three, and then he just missed everything after that. So three for three from the field, three for three from three. And I was like, okay, he'll get in a groove. And then everything after that, kind of like the rest of the Suns team, just did not go in for him. I mean, what do you think from Shamit tonight? So one thing I want to point out, and anybody in the chat, if I'm misspeaking,
2: please say so. I noticed when he was on the bench, he was over there icing his right calf. And then towards the Mm -hmm. end of the game, was it the last five or six minutes when he wasn't in? He's over there, and every time the Suns are going down there, I would look at him, and he's kind of hunched over like this, and he's rubbing that calf as well, too. Something didn't seem right with that as well, because I kind of figured Shamit would be in there to try to yeah. make a run towards the end and he wasn't there at all. I saw him iced up. So maybe something happened. Maybe he strained something, but he did look pretty good offensively other than the time he got uh, crossed on defense by Steph Curry, but that's what Steph Curry does. So that's what I saw yeah. from Shamit. He did step up. He hit some open shots. He looked a little more on the decisive side. And I don't know if you noticed, he was actually bringing the ball up as well too, kind of in a playmaker role a little bit. I did like to see that there was a nice little wrinkle without having Devin Booker there.
1: Yeah. Uh, even when Booker was there, we've seen that before a little bit. It's just a tiny, tiny bit. And Chris Paul would wave him over like, hey, and even if like it was, I think Jay Crowder was bringing it up. He's like, hey, come take it from Jay. Set some stuff up. But then you see like him trying to actually maneuver within the, the mid range and trying to hit a shot, a fadeaway, Something that Booker would do with ease. You can just see the difference. Of course, Booker... Being, I don't know if you think of him as a superstar, I kind of think he's getting there, but the way he just handles himself mid-range, it's just so effortlessly and easy for him. And then you see Shamit do it. You're like, okay, this is this is what it looks like for a normal, <laughs> a normal NBA player trying to get it going for mid-range to help her team. But he did at a few times in this game, three for three, but he hit those threes at big times because it's like no one else really from the bench was stepping up and him in the starting lineup kind of throws things off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So him like kind of making up for error to where he can kind of keep the suns close. And by close, I kind of mean like the suns were like within 10 points, almost the whole game. Yeah. Which 10 points is like striking distance, right? I mean, it's, it's almost there. It's enough to get one good run in you and try to tie it up towards the end of the game. But he kind of filled a good role tonight. And another guy too, just to go into, um, Actually, let me hit the drop for him because sometimes I'm bad at hitting the drops. And if I don't get this one... Oh, come on. Where is he at? There he is. It's a brand new one. Here we go. Double O McGee. Yeah, there actually wasn't too much from him tonight. But what's Mm. really weird is he only had like three minutes going into like the last three minutes of the third quarter played. Um, so I don't know if that's, if you think that's just like a matchup thing, but the energy I really wish we could have got from McGee, we got a little bit of it with a few buckets in a row in the fourth quarter, but there wasn't really a whole lot. So I don't know where he's kind of been missing in this, these two games against the Golden State Warriors. Like, do you see anything to where the matchups aren't right? Or is it just like, we just can't play him against the Warriors for some reason, even though, I mean, I feel like he brings Hmm. the energy and can do a whole lot against what they have in the front line.
2: It's really weird that he hasn't played because we could have an argument and say he might have been our most important, definitely our most important bench player for a lot of games, but arguably yeah. kind of a turning point or a stabilizing type of force for the entire game during this run, right? He, he's he been something else. I've been really impressed with him. His free throw shooting is a lot better than what I would expect. I mean... When he's hitting turnaround jumpers and stuff, you know it's over, much like a Draymond three or Draymond Green three. But tonight it just he he was a step slower. What was it, a week, week and a half ago, he randomly popped up on an injury report too. So maybe yeah. playing a back to back and he's in his thirties, you know, maybe they're trying to just temper the brakes with him a little bit I don't know it's really weird how he doesn't play against this team considering Mm -hmm. we have the height advantage and we've been out rebounded twice now by the Warriors by the way so that seems to be a a Monty Williams thing and he's trying to play to the Warriors game which I don't like I would prefer him just to say hey let's run Aiton out there and McGee out there and see what happens (laughs) right I yeah why not take advantage of your size
1: Yeah, that's one thing. I just I honestly think that the Suns do a better job at just playing their own game and not worrying about matchups on the other side because they are usually the better team now. Um, McGee, though, I mean, he did have what did he have tonight? He actually had six points, uh, seven rebounds, but he only played the eight minutes again last night or not last night, but the last game against the Warriors. I think he only had the eight minutes, too. Um, So it's something to watch. I, I I don't think he's really had a bad game this year. This might be the first game where it's like he couldn't really bring it on another level like he usually does. I know that's really weird to say for JaVale McGee, but it just seems like he always has that energy, has that positive energy to bring to the Suns off the bench, and it just wasn't there tonight. But it's I think it was just like a whole team thing with all of them uh, being that way. So he'll get back on it. I'm not too worried or anything. I just no. I want to see more of him. I love seeing McGee out there. He did get the dunk. I mean the guy got dunked him on dunked on him, which was uh which is one thing I think McGee is kind of known for, right? Is getting dunked on. But at least he challenges these guys at the rim. So I don't know if you prefer them just like to duck out of the way or to challenge him because I like it when they challenge him, and even if he gets dunked on, he can just run it off after.
2: Absolutely. And he's a veteran guy that you know has been dunked on quite a bit, but it doesn't seem like it bothers his play this yeah. late in his career he's a savvy veteran you know things happen you're going to get crossed Uh, who was it alan iverson or kobe or somebody said you know if you actually play defense legitimate defense you are going to get crossed you're going to get dunked on it's inevitable especially when you play at this level it's unfortunate that it happened tonight but as you said earlier it's good that it happened Against the Warriors and not last night during the Pistons, which to go back to your point with JaVale McGee at the end of the first quarter last night when we were up 12 or something, you saw JaVale McGee just going crazy and like yelling to Mm -hmm. the fans and everything. Yeah, that just wasn't there tonight. You saw maybe the 18 wins last night was really the the milestone they wanted to get to and. They weren't worried about this game as much or they knew it was a back to back. I don't know. It just seemed like they they wasted a lot of energy last night. And we'll get to Mikhail Bridges. I did want to point out him playing 41 last night. Probably wasn't the greatest idea in hindsight, but we needed him and and we won last night. We got we got the 18 wins. So I think that all just kind of contributed. But JaVale McGee, a little bit of a stinker. But we're going to keep going through the list of players, and we're going to be able to save that for quite a few of them, unfortunately. Tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you did bring up this guy. Uh, it was a scary moment, right? I mean, his uh, his uh, <sighs> pinky was dislocated, but then put back in, I guess, and then came right back in the game. When he was walking off with the towel, I mean, what were you feeling? I mean, it's, it's scary when Booker's already out, but you know he's coming back. You just don't want to lose a guy like Mikhail Bridges because – Everyone right now, really, media-wise, around the NBA, is talking about Mikkel Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. nominee right now. Um, so how what were you feeling, man? Because I I wasn't feeling pretty good.
2: I thought it was a broken wrist or something along those lines. I just think the absolute worst. Um, I know that you've been a fan for quite a while, but you may not remember back in 98-99 when we had a team of... Rodney Rogers, who's hanging up over there. And we had Gugliata, Jason Kidd. And that was the year all these dudes got injured. And we limped into the playoffs and beat San Antonio in the first round. Jason Kidd dyed his hair blonde. Suns fans will remember that. But there was a game where we beat the Portland Trailblazers. And we beat them pretty good. And the Trailblazers at that time were the number one team in the league. They had a young Jermaine O'Neal, Rashid Wallace, Damon Stoudemire, Sabonis. A A lot of these dudes that just balled out this year or that year, and we go up there, beat them by like 20 or 25 or something without Jason Kidd, without all these players. And in the last three, four minutes of the game, uh, Randy Livingston comes in and go and hits Tom Gugliotta in the back of the knee, just kind of like rolls up on him. And Gugliotta was never the same since. He, it was a freak play with like four or five minutes left in the game. Shouldn't have been out there playing in the first place. And he goes there, tears something. ACL, MCL is never the same. And I just thought to myself, oh, no, like just just when we get 18 wins, right when we get to a point where some people are actually starting to talk about us a little bit. Michael Wilbon and we could go off a couple podcasters and then he goes down. And that's immediately what I thought, too. Like, this this could be it. And then all of a sudden you're hearing reports. Oh, he just dislocated his finger. Oh, he's back on the bench. Yeah, just as you say that, he's walking over to the scorer's table. I mean, the man is not a human. He (laughs) is an absolute machine. I was scared, but he came back. But you did see that big thing on the pinky, right? So what did you see from McHale after he came back, though?
1: uh when he came back it just seemed like a little bit of the the same uh someone actually brought in the pot up on the uh, notes here notes and the comments jamsters thanks again for being here leaving some comments where was it at i just was uh here we go so I come to perfume i feel like every time i do host this podcast i always bring up this uh this person not sure if it's a woman or, or a man what was it just me or was mikhail not on curry that much even before the finger injury and I don't know if you noticed, like, um, even last game against the Warriors, Draymond even hit on it, too. On I think it was his podcast where he talked about how the Suns, is, mm-hmm. as a team, their defense is just stellar. And Mikhail, yeah, of course, he's good, but he just thought it was more of a team defense against Curry. So I did see that a lot tonight. I didn't see too much of Curry being, you know, the main guy on Curry. Or, I'm sorry, Mikhail on Curry. But... I don't know. There wasn't too much tonight, but like, like you said, when we run down the list of these players, it's kind of like, it's just an off night. You just kind of got to throw it in there with the, with the rest of them. You know, these, these players came to a certain point in the third quarter where they just didn't have it in them, have it in their legs. I think Mikel was one of them too. Uh, The energy was still there. Tried to try to stay there through the fourth quarter, but it just wasn't anything. I mean, do you think that the defense as a team was really there tonight for Steph? I know Steph went off, but I don't think he can ever really stop Steph if he wants to go off. But last game, of course, their defense was really stellar against them. But tonight I just think that Steph was getting where he wanted to go, but everything was just going in. And that's just the way I am. I always just think like the Mm -hmm. way these superstars are like Steph Curry, it's not always so much defense. It's just whether or not these shots go in for him. And usually he's going to have an off night once in a while, but tonight he was going crazy, right? I mean, what did you see from him Uh, though dude
2: are we really calling an eight for 20 shooting night going crazy i mean he only scored 23 points he was six for he was six for eleven for three three. but that's all you uh, that's
1: all you worry about now from him right it's just the three he can't do too much because of the new rules
2: you hold steph curry to 23 that's a win that's a win in my book absolutely i'll take that any time of the week i mean and some of those shots that he was hitting Mm -hmm. only steph curry can hit as well too so we're a step behind on defense McHale doesn't play for a pretty good stretch in the first half, and he still only scores 23 points. Now, what they were doing last game is McHale was shadowing him wherever he went last game, and it was beautiful yeah. to watch. They weren't switching. They weren't doing any of that. That wasn't, didn't seem to be the case tonight. I think that's coaching. I think they don't want to have McHale match up on him too much at this point. And then they have more film to study off of. They can go off of more tendencies. What were we feeling out there? Where could you go? So they played off of him a little bit. And I think what you need to do in those type of situations is throw everybody at him. Shamit, You're going to get a turn. Cam Johnson, you're going to get a turn. Jay, you're going to get a turn. Let's see what we can do as well if McHale isn't out there. I mean, McHale went out. So they had to figure it out as well too. Like who else can they throw out there? So I think that's partly on coaching as well too. Because again, this game doesn't count because Booker <laughs> Booker didn't play, and it's on the back end of a of a back to back.
1: No, yeah, definitely. And I think that Booker being out, it's it could be an excuse, of course. But I think even if he wasn't, maybe there's nothing they can do to really stop. Especially maybe I got this guy confused with Steph Curry. Toscano Anderson, I mean, 17 points tonight, uh, one for three, one for two from three, but he was seven from eight from the field. He really just had a field day. He's a different kind of player, of course, than Steph. I'm just totally joking, but he he was going off, man. Him and even Bielitsi. is that how you pronounce his name? In the Bielice, first half, Bajelica, so whatever. Yeah, whatever. These guys, it doesn't matter. The Suns are a better team, but this this matchup between him and McGee in the first half, it was kind of our first quarter, even when McGee first came in, he was kind of taking it to him eliza and just kind of anderson was just kind of just a guy i feel like just taking advantage of a of a tired Suns team i guess i mean he's he's someone that is you know he has kind of a good game like he'll have a few good games here or there but sure. tonight he was just taking over so anything from the Warriors side that you want to go over before we move on to more Suns players yeah absolutely i think
2: it's really something that it took Juan Toscano Anderson and Gary Payton, the second to score 17 yes. points, 19 points collectively to beat this team. And I don't know how many times you heard on the ESPN broadcast, unfortunately, and Mark Jackson and that whole crew. That's a se- separate drop that you need to have at some point on this show. But. <laughs> All they would talk about is with Devin Booker out, with Devin Booker out, Booker out. They didn't talk about Dario Saric. They didn't talk about Frank. They didn't even talk about yeah. Adil Nader. They didn't talk about any of those guys. It was all about Booker being out. So I find it funny that we're missing three important rotational pieces, and it took Gary Payton the second, Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, even Lee coming in and shooting... Uh, a couple miracle shots in there and everything just seemed to fall. Uh, Bielitsa had that step back three as well, too. He was hitting mm. that. It took all that to still beat us.
1: Yeah, Think and then about Poole, dude. I know. And honestly, like the well, last game we played, it was pool that was going off, which pool has really had a great season. So you expect mm-hmm. him to have these good games and then Otto Porter three points uh, in the first half and the three points in total this this game where he had a good game last time the Suns played against him. So it's kind of like they switch on and off. Bielitsa. Sure. You know, last game didn't do much. So they kind of switched. So they kind of do have the depth there that the Suns have to look out for. So it's tough because if you're going to go down this line, the Gary Payton, the second, he was playing some pesky defense, I feel like, on Chris Paul towards the end. I think Chris Paul kind of got his upper hand on the first matchup. And then also maybe in the beginning of this game, but then towards the end, it was like Payton was too much for him. Uh, Had that big steal for the dunk later in the game. That kind of was not like the ceiling of the deal, but... It was something that like got the crowd going, and it was like, okay, like Chris Paul is just going to be turning the ball over like that. This game might be a wrap. But the way he was playing defense on Paul was actually pretty cool. And you think about like his dad, and you just know the respect that he has probably for Chris Paul, and I'm sure all point guards do, all guards do, all players probably mm-hmm. do for Chris Paul. But to go up against him and just have like a really good performance towards the end of the game to help your team win. I mean, he must must feel like amazing right now because you stop Chris Paul, you stop the Phoenix Suns, the number one team in the NBA. I mean,
2: wasn't that kind of an easy game plan with no Booker and whatnot? Just stop Chris Paul, frustrate him as much as possible. And you think that you can come out on the other side victorious again. After a back to back as well, too. You know they're tired. Let's run them down, run them down, run them down. And they did that. I also want to point out Andrew Wiggins. I thought Wiggins had a pretty good game as well for him. 19 points, five boards, two assists. He seen Pesky all night. And whenever they needed a bucket to stop our run, it just seemed like he got it as well, too. So I thought he had a really good game shooting 50% as well. Yeah,
1: and he'll he'll the box score usually does look good for Wiggins, but he's still that player. I feel like every time he is on the court you don't know if he's on the court. Sometimes he'll just disappear, right? True, he'll, he'll be true. like, he, those flashes are so good. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, is he even playing? Oh yeah. He's right there. So that's the player he is. Um, but you were hitting on Chris Paul and like attacking him and without Booker. So the way the Suns won basically without, uh, without Booker, Chris Paul, you would think would maybe, did you think he would try to score more? Uh, he, he, of course, you know, the sister was going to be at there 11, 12 a game. But did you think he would try to force himself to score more? Because he seems like with Booker being out, he's just been kind of facilitating even more. Having more control of the offense and setting up other guys. But what did you expect, though, with Booker's injury? What did you expect from Chris Paul? I thought in a game like
2: this, he might take over. But if you look at Chris Paul's history, especially look to the OKC time, right? They started off the one year he was there, like five and... 16, 5 and 14. It was something ridiculous. But all he did during that time was making other guys feel comfortable, giving it up to them, passing it to them. You know, I think that's just Chris Paul basketball early in the season. He wants to get other people involved, get their confidence up. So at the end of the season, he can either pass to them or take over when he wants to because he's a guy that can take over whenever he wants. He really is. He didn't look for it tonight. I thought he stayed on brand to who he was. But part of me thought because of who the opponent was, he would come out on fire just a little bit more. But he stayed on brand, and I think he did ultimately what was best for the team moving forward. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. it resulted in the L.
1: Yeah. I mean, he can't win them all, I guess. But he, uh, very unselfish player, of course, Chris Paul is was... Um, Ngylex says in the chat campaign is he's too selfish tonight. Uh, he was over five tonight before he launched like uh, into the 24 second clock. I think there was 22 seconds left in the shot clock. He just launched a three. He was totally covered. And of course, the Suns were down at the time. But where are you at with Cameron Payne? I mean, the last game, he looked really good against the Pistons. But he's he's very inconsistent this year. I think so far, hmm. unless you think otherwise, is he taking too many shots? Does he have the green light, you think, from Monty? And should he start getting his teammates more involved? Because I feel like he is jacking up maybe way too many shots. Or do you like that? Do you prefer that from him? He
2: reminds me of Leandro Barbosa when he comes in, just because he's that guy that needs to inject the offense. I don't know. And I don't think we've seen him necessarily run an offense, right? So him actually going out there, running the offense, possession after possession after possession is not his game. I mean, you look back to the bubble run. he was amped up and jacking up threes and scoring 20 22 points a night and that's why we signed him right that's why we signed him so it was an off night for him as well too he did have a really nice spin move for a layup so you know it's there but he's had some injury issues as well too so maybe his burst isn't quite there yet because i'm not seeing his burst he's fast he's so what first second fastest player to the league to maybe ish smith So you see the you see the speed, but you don't see the quickness and the burst and his shot was off tonight, but he shot the most out of any other Phoenix Sun tonight. And if you're missing that much, you do need to defer at some points, but three for 17, negative 30. (laughs) he, He was he
1: was bad tonight, but that's who he is. Suns fans. Yeah, and um, over oh, right here, Kessington Sunanan. Uh, he said, Excuse me, I, I cannot pronounce anybody's names, all right, even if it's just more Zinian Han. There you go, that's it. And you've been on the pot a lot with some good comments. Uh, so he probably felt the pressure to put points up without Booker. That's what he, uh, he or she says there in the chat. I I can see that. I can see you coming into um, the game and thinking, like, ah, we got to pick it up offensively, offensively, nothing's going. So if pain can get hot. You know, know, why not? I mean, if he's going to jack up that many shots, he must have thought that he had something there, but it just wasn't there yet. But there is um, one guy that actually had a really good game tonight, and we'll go ahead and bring it. Well, I mean,. I don't know if it was a really good game. It was a good game, but then it kind of got lost in the tunnel with the rest of the players towards the end of the game, where it was kind of like, ah, oh, not really an effort. They were kind of, he was kind of tired. Oh, here comes John, just hey. in time for Aiden. Watch John, Aiden. Drop watch. It. What's your drop? It. What's your? T- I already dropped it. Oh, we dropped it two drop. times. Like last pod. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to watch any of the game, man? Yeah. So
3: I watched uh, the first half while sitting on a flight delay at the Reno airport. And then I okay. watched the rest of the game from my American Airlines in flight, uh, whatever the Wi-Fi thing is. So I got to watch the game. And, you know, I just, uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank you, coach Evan B for hooking us up, coming on, helping us no, out on this you. one. Everybody check out the he's on fire podcast. You need to check it out. Fantastic content. Uh, you want to talk about somebody who's dedicated to the cause anything Arizona sports, it's this guy right here. Give it up for coach Evan B. Uh, my big thing, my big takeaway, I guess, from this game, and you guys were just talking about it not too long ago, was, you know, in the absence of Booker, where did those points come from? The shot attempts came from campaign. Uh, unfortunately, he just couldn't kind of get it to go together. He looked a, lot, a little discombobulated. But once again, DeAndre Ayton played like a man dude. He's a man dude, man. Dude. Dude. Man.
0: Is, it, is that your take?
1: Yeah, he played <laughs> like a man. Usually started off that way, but um, he played yeah, like he a man, played, dude. He played great. I mean, uh, the I'm gonna walk points, through the airport. All right, that's cool. Are you gonna get frisked? Are you are you getting <laughs> searched right now or no?
3: No, the police are right behind me though.
1: Oh, are they okay? <laughs> all right, yeah. So I mean, Da, he did um, he did show up. get into the free throw line too early. He did that a lot. It's just. I think everyone just got kind of just weighed down towards the end. That's why he, he couldn't even like get up to get any kind of board or even try to swat a ball. And Chris Paul wasn't even yelling at him for it. So you just knew that they were all tired, right, towards the end.
3: So that they were John tired. Paul. I just think that they knew that they were defeated.
1: They just knew that they were defeated. You thought? All right, I think we're oh, losing you, dude. We're
2: losing him. Bummer.
1: Oh, John. All right, come back. All right. So, yeah, we already <laughs> add yourself if you can come back. Okay. So anyways. um, So, yeah, what were your thoughts on Aiden tonight? I know I, I do think they were tired, but what, what are your thoughts?
2: I thought he looked good early. I thought he wanted yeah. it. He looked engaged. He was flexing a few times. He flexed quite a few times. He had quite a few and ones where he was able to, you know, get down, do what he wanted to do get the foul, make the bucket, hit the free throw. He was nine for 11 from free throws, by the way, but only six boards for Aiton. That seemed weird. Other times, he did a few turnaround off one foot jumpers that I definitely wasn't thrilled about. It seemed like Draymond Green got into him a little bit. He was forcing him out, forcing him out, and he didn't play over the top over Draymond. Anytime anybody else was there, he had no problem going over the top, just a quick drop step hook or something like that. But when Draymond was there, it just looked like he caused problems. And then towards the end, he didn't have any jump either. So I think I definitely think John was right where it's not the that we were tired maybe towards the end or, or him, but they, they were defeated a little bit
1: yeah i mean um uh, jason joyce puts uh puts in the comments aiden was getting hacked all night um yeah i i I, yeah i guess he was i feel like just the contact though i can't really complain my my co-host
2: there by the way my co-host oh yeah shout shout out to jason joyce
1: yeah thanks for watching man and uh i just think that the contact that um even the sons get away with stuff so i'm kind of like I don't like to complain too much because I think that we get away with a lot of stuff and I sure. kind of like it that way. So I'm never going to really complain too much about that, but um, I just, I, I think they were tired. I'm just going to stick with that. I'm going to argue against you guys because I swear if, if they were, if they're all tired as a group and Chris Paul sees Aiden over there, not helping on defense and not grabbing that board or actually lifting his feet off the ground, there's something going on. And I think Monty said, I don't know how many minutes were left in the game, but he's like, Hey, we just got the 18 game win streak or whatever. He's all, let's start another one next game. I don't know if he actually said that or else it was a crew that said (laughs) that, but that's what I'm thinking too. I'm just like, let's get this this streak going. Um, But tonight, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot to choose from when it comes to... Jam Star of the Game. All right, uh, so Jam Star of the Game, who do you got tonight? Because... This is a tough one. I mean, with the Suns not winning, usually when we're winning, I have to go down the list of the death chart, be like, "Who was it tonight?" Um, but who sticks out for you, man? DeAndre
2: Ayton is. It's yeah. got to be him, the high scorer of the game. You know, he didn't have the greatest plus minus, but nobody did. But he went in there and he did what he was supposed to do do tonight. But you could tell just the energy and everybody being down that we've talked about so many times already. It just wasn't there. But he was the second highest rebounder only to JaVale McGee. He had the effort. He was the one flexing the most. So you got to give it up to DA. So cheers to him. Pay the man.
1: All right. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, Fabian Nazatsky says... uh, Book jam star. Yeah, he might be now. Question mark. Uh he 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 definitely he he needs to come back. Um so Jalen Smith, kids at Jalen Smith. You know, it's funny, I was looking at the boxer just now. I'm like, oh, he's three for three today. All right, seven points, one for two from the free throw line. So maybe he's a jam star. Uh Pedro says jam star, Coach B. There you go. You thanks, Pedro. I mean, you're Appreciate my choice you. too. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Jalen Smith. I just uh Aiden right here from Det nibble Um I don't know. Who am I going to give it to? I'm going to give it to, um, I'll give it to DeAndre. And I think it just has to be, I think it's just too much for him to really try to do everything. And then in the end, when the, when the Warriors are just knocking down the shots like that and the crowd's going, you know, that's hard to stop. That is difficult to stop on a back to back. So I'm gonna go DeAndre Ayton on this. Um, what about from the other side? Who, who did you think really just like was an annoying piece of crap From the Golden State Warriors tonight, that was just like, all right, can someone just stop this guy, or else is it just what's going on? Don't
2: you don't you have a drop where player comes out of absolutely nowhere and drops a bunch of points?
1: We
4: do, but I can't
1: I can't do it with this Warriors team because I think they're too well known. John did use it last time for the Warriors, and use it for um, who did he use it for? It was uh, um, Pool, Jordan Pool. It was Pool. Yeah. Yeah. But then Jordan Pool, like, he's going to be, like, the most improved player of the, of the league. So I can't really use it for any of these players because I think they're just too well known. But it's smart it's, up.
4: I'll just go ahead. And... The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes
3: out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you.
1: All right. There you go, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Juan Toscano, man. He he went up and he absolutely yammed on JaVale McGee tonight. And I thought that was going to be a block going up. I really did. You yeah. know, last game he had, I'm trying to pull up the stats as I as I talk slowly to get it up, but last game he had, I don't even know how many turnovers he was pulled in the game. It was it was kind of a shit show for Juan Toscano Anderson. And then to turn around, to think about that for two days, he turned it around came out, did what he was supposed to do and kind of led their didn't lead their attack but kind of led their aggression when Steph Steph Curry was out. So, I got to give it to him. He came out, played the game, did what he was supposed to do after having a piss poor performance. So, shout out to him, you know, that that's a man right there.
1: Yeah. No, you're right and uh if there was going to be a jam start tonight when I was starting when the game started, it was maybe gonna be maybe Jay Crowder, because he just he looked like he was gonna get things going. He had like the little midi, uh, he did a little floater at the three. So I was like, okay, and then he's going, and then Chris Paul gets everyone involved. Um, really, and at a certain amount of time, he's just like an assist of three different players within a couple minutes to get the Suns back within five. So then, like, those are two players I was thinking of, like, okay, these might be contenders, right? And then kind of just fell off from there because what you were seeing from the Warriors and Toscano Anderson, like I That guy, could he be like the guy when we play them in the playoffs? I'm sure we're going to. I feel like this is a team we're going to have to play in the playoffs because they're the most talked about team. And then Clay's going to come back. We're going to play him. It's going to be annoying as hell because right now the way the Lakers are are playing and the way things are looking for them, I'm like, just if we stay away from them or even if we play them, it'd be nice. But right now, I think the Warriors are going to be the team the Suns have to play. Just because of the annoying factor, and that's going to be a guy that's going to be like, God, can you just stop? It's kind of like a Kyle Kuzma in a way, even though Kuzma this year is kind of revamped his career. It's kind of like a guy. It's like, all right, can you stop this dude? He's just going to go off against the Suns. So I could see that happening in the future. Um, but maybe we talked too much about. Was there anything else about this game you wanted to bring up? Anything in their notes that you want to go over before we move on? I mean. Real quickly, they shot 48% and
2: 19 of 39 from three. That's really hard to beat. But I'm actually, I've got the stats up from the last game. And Juan Toscano Anderson had two points and five turnovers in 13 minutes last game. (laughs) So he came out and completely changed the narrative. And that takes balls to do. It really does. in the NBA to come out and do that as a, you know, fringe rotation player. So, you know, good on him to do that. But I'm watching some of the replays on ESPN of last game. And just watching how crisp we looked, just the movements, everything that we were doing, this just seemed like a complete different team tonight. And they didn't give up, man. You know, over the first three quarters or or so, whatever the Warriors were throwing at them, even on a back-to-back, we just kept coming back. We kept having an answer to the point where in the third quarter, we got it to two points. You know, Steve Kerr had that really weird challenge, challenging the Draymond Green and Jay Crowder, uh, lay it, steal and layup or whatever, challenge that, got it down to two. And then all of a sudden it was a three missed field goal, a three steal, a three and it's 11 point game. And that was kind of that. So I just wanted to bring up those those topics. and, And that's what I got for it. Don't feel bad, Suns fans this looked like a completely different game than three days ago. And it's okay. And it's okay to be humbled just a little bit
1: mm-hmm. when it's
2: December 3rd. You still got more to fight for.
1: Yeah. And you do bring up humbled, but I feel like this team when they're winning, because Dave King brought up on a tweet that, you know, when the, the Warriors were going crazy, they're knocking everything down. They're just, their celebrations, everything are just kind of outrageous, right? It's just nonstop, mm-hmm. nonstop. And the, I know the Suns have Jay Crowder, um booker doesn't do much of celebrating chris paul hell no he doesn't do any of it so i feel like this team is kind of just that way already kind of humble a little bit so even like when they are on the 18 game win streak it doesn't matter because i feel like they just they can hone it and that's why they go on 18 game win streak because they don't get too big-headed right john speaking of big heads yeah. i'm just joking absolutely
4: <laughs> speaking of speaking, speaking of big heads there at the uh, sky harbor international airport uh a place that coach evan b Bielby- will what next week, right, Coach? You're coming down here to watch uh, ne- some Suns basketball and some Cardinals football.
2: Next Friday, Suns and Celtics. Absolutely,
4: dude. Wow, what let's a match go. Um, go. Are we picking you <laughs> up? Chance, Who- <laughs> <laughs> my, my, you know my dad is.
2: My dad is. I haven't okay. seen. I haven't seen him in two and a half years because of the so. pandemic and whatnot. So it's going to be an amazing time to see him. Very cool, man. Well,
4: well. one thing I want to throw in here just real quick because I'm sure yeah, you guys ahead. will lose me again. Uh, fuck Mark Jackson. Um, fuck ESPN. Thank you. That that jerk-off of a broadcast that occurred for an hour and a half was nothing but a love fest for the Warriors. And that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Because, again, like I get it. You're going to go with the storylines. And Steph Curry is a great storyline. But every time the, they would cut to a break, it would show the history of the Warriors. 75th anniversary of, history of Warriors, and i get it again. They're at home. They're playing, you know, so they have the big 75 on the court. But, I mean, it was just a non-stop ESPN tribute to Steph Curry. And you could hear it in the announcers. When, when you had Juan Ciscano Anderson shooting a three, he's like, Ciscano Anderson shoots a three. Oh, didn't make it. Like they said.
1: Oh, man, he got oh, so far.
4: It Dang. It's a good pick, though, right there, John. <laughs>
1: what's that out a little bit you went out you just got back you went out you said he hit I, the three i did yeah yeah you said he hit the three and mark jansen was like oh dang it, he missed it and then what dang else right
4: go sons baby
1: let's go okay now he's out of here okay. <laughs> hey, at least he tried all right um great yeah, yeah, content I, for your audio listeners <laughs> <laughs> i was actually gonna bring that stuff up too um because there's a lot of that. I feel like there's a whole win streak. I feel like we as people try to ruin anything that's good, right? So we focus on the media. We focus on these guys, the talking heads, talking about everything else but the Suns. So, I mean, does that really bother you too much? Um, I was At halftime, Stephen A. did call Mikhail Bridges Michael Bridges, and I think he noticed it, but then he tried to fix his name. But then I don't think he remembered his first name. So you get a lot of that stuff. I mean, how much does this bother you, dude? Because i mean to me it doesn't i don't care i just want to watch the suns and that's all i care about but what do you think about it i
2: think it matters to a point you know when you live out of market as well too when i have i've i haven't lived in phoenix since 2000 right okay i i lived yeah. there for for a quick summer as well as born and raised there so always followed so you know, back in the day before social media that's what you kind of depended on for your sports intake you know you really didn't have all the podcasts as you do now Nowadays, you're kind of learning, you're going to get more and better NBA contact content from podcasts like yours, like mine, yeah. from other smaller ones around the country. That's where you're going to get the really good content. But to have the type of blatant disrespect that they've had during this win streak is ridiculous. My other co-host, Amit. He posted uh just the little description. You know, I don't know if you have direct TV or YouTube TV, but when you're scrolling through it and you hit on something and it has just a little description of what's gonna go on, even on the damn description on direct TV, it says the Warriors try to extend their win streak to eight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's things like that that's annoying, but honestly, bring on the hate more fuel to our fire yeah bigger chip on our shoulder all that because we as Suns fans i thought got a little on the cocky side when we got to the finals you know the money counting guy in the finals yeah. things like that mm-hmm. so in in a way we deserved it but we also had 10 years of trash so what are we supposed to do not celebrate it you know
1: yeah, I know. I understand. It's it's kind of just uh, it's a purgatory of like what, like what do you want us to do as Suns fans and to celebrate it and to hear it the right way from you know the the higher paid media members, especially like Stephen A. Smith and just one one thing for Stephen A. Terrible. Take a lap. I mean, when you're actually like just calling Michael Bridges Michael Bridges. I mean, I I understand people mess up. I mean, listen to me on a podcast. Like I stumble my way through. I'm like DeAndre, and you know, I the few first four minutes i stumble my way through until i can find something i find a grass and i'm okay but when you're paid like steve when you're on espn the halftime show you got to know your stuff at least a little yeah. at least have an earpiece of someone you, just running the names and you, you and i just don't just get paid for
2: this bro you and i no, don't I get paid for this and they stu- they're supposed to be studying so there's no excuse we don't get yeah. paid for it he does there's absolutely no excuse <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I just, I don't know what else to say, but the streak's over. So now we'll actually get no coverage at all. So I hope we can all enjoy that. Uh, The Suns do play, (laughs) they they have the weekend off. So Sunday, uh, Saturday, Sunday off. Uh, They do play the Spurs coming up um, Monday uh, here in Phoenix. Um, Any thoughts on this? I don't know. I mean, for me, I've only watched the Spurs maybe like a couple minutes this year, uh, especially Mm -hmm. when they play the Suns. That's about it. Um, Any thoughts on them, the preview? What can you expect? Anything like that? I know the bigs, all that. There's a few names here and there, but it's I mean, it's not a good team, obviously. So any thoughts on the Spurs? <laughs> I hate the spring no, that on you, but yeah, any... no,
2: abso- absolutely. So they play the Warriors tomorrow night. Yeah. And then they're gonna get a day off, and then they play us. So Warriors are going on a back to back. Let's, you know, let's see what the Warriors do on a back to back, God forbid, right? And the Spurs, I actually watched their game last night against the Blazers, which the Blazers, man. I thought Chauncey Billis was going to do some things for them, and they just turned out to be worse than what they are. Mm -hmm. So that's a different discussion. But I watched them. Things that stuck out, DeJounte Murray. I'm worried about DeJounte Murray. That guy is a point guard, Mikael Bridges. He is long. He is scrawny. He gets in the passing lanes. He has a lot of energy. The kid is young. I like everything that I see about him. So he's the player to watch for on their team. You kind of go down the list, and you see guys that have – Done some things against us. Number one being Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott has gone off on us, uh, I don't know, however many times. Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is the guy that can hit the three and hit it timely. He hit three mm-hmm. or four in a row when Portland was starting to make a run last night. So they've got guys that can do some things against us. And then you know, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell. But watch out for Thaddeus Young, y'all. Thad mm-hmm. Young is playing on Monday against us. Uh, he's going to play tomorrow, obviously. But he came out with an article. I wanted to bring this up to you, uh, Matthew. Thaddeus Young, you know, Flex came on your show as well, too. He was talking about how there's a potential that he could get bought out, traded, things like that. ESPN or or NBA.com, somebody comes out with an article today saying Thad Young is not happy. He wants more minutes. and He's used to this, used to that. Do you think there's still a chance for Thad Young? Are you going to be paying attention to how that's going on in San Antonio with him?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's the one thing the Suns can pull off and everyone be happy. Suns fans, um, Daddy is Young, we can all be happy together if you were to join the Suns because you're giving up what sticks, maybe, I don't even know. Just He might get bought crazy. out at
2: this point, who knows?
1: Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out. I still think he's probably just the one name out there. I mean, we were talking about trades last, last pod, and it's just like you don't want to ruin the chemistry. You don't want to move anybody out of Phoenix right now, that's part of this core. And Sticks sure. really isn't right now. He might not ever be. So he's that one name that you're thinking like, okay, he might be moved. So Thaddeus Nung might be the guy that comes back for Phoenix. It's just looking like that's going to happen, right? I mean, yeah. Flex did talk about how, how serious he was about that happening like 100% before. And of course, things happen where it might it falls through. But it's still, he even said by the trade deadline, it's something that might still happen. I'm still a believer in it. And I think it will help the Suns definitely I abs-
2: absolutely he's playing the least amount of minutes in his career and he was a rookie in 2007 2008 if that says anything so he's playing the least amount of minutes at a point yeah. in his career where he wants to chase rings if you will i can absolutely see that also you got to let take a look at some of the teams that are crumbling right now right look at the indiana pacers and tory craig over there potentially everybody loves tory craig i'm not a hundred percent sold on him for my own reasons so maybe the Blazers, a couple of teams that are going down, maybe Robert Covington could potentially show up. I mean, they just fired their GM over there. Like, you never know what's going to happen in an NBA season. But look at the teams that are have high expectations, supposed to be up there, that are crumbling, that might want to tear it down. And those are some of the ones you want to look at last year with the Magic. It was a complete fire sale when they started 5-1 and one or something like that, yeah. even without Jonathan Isaac. So look at those teams, but Thadion still seems like to be the main option at this point. So it was an interesting article to come out today, and it's a month and a half-ish before the trade deadline, so we'll say or two and a half months is it in february or january matthew
1: I'm um forgetting right now i'm thinking february but i'm sure the jamsers would know for sure that's what the yeah. best part about doing this live pause because i don't know anything so then they just pretty much answer everything so <laughs> let, let us know Way trade deadline figured. y'all yeah yeah we got to know that for sure um and there was really quick um before we get out of here there was a question asked on twitter bobby newport at bob and mild he asked us uh suggest for discussion is this team built for coming back in a large deficits against a team that can pile on it, pile it on like the Warriors tonight? Never really get into those situations. So basically, I mean, this is a blowout win by the by the Warriors. But do you think the Suns are basically built to play against these teams that can just go on runs? You know, can the Suns match that? I, I say yes, but I think the Suns play defense and they slow things down to never really get to that point. Well, um, any thoughts on that? I mean, it's just a quick question if you want to just go yeah. ahead and answer that. that. That's an
2: interesting question, but absolutely. And you got to remember in the playoffs, there's not going to be a back to back. So it's going yeah. to be an even playing field for both teams. And we've proven that we've been able to come out and play with more energy and all that stuff. And with a 24 second shot clock, how many times does EJ say it? No lead is safe in the NBA. Absolutely. We were mm-hmm. able to hold I forget what it was, the Golden State Warriors, to something like 28% shooting in quarters two, three, four last time. Mm -hmm. We can do it again if we have fresh legs. Unfortunately, that's what it is. And February 10th is the trade deadline. Thank you, everybody, and Mark Graves for putting that out on the chat. Yes, thank you. February 10th. So, yeah, about two months away from the trading deadline, uh, going back to our last question. But, yes, we are the team that can do that, especially when we're running when we're creating stops our defense just turns to our offense so quickly and we can do exactly what the warriors did tonight we can make a 2 point lead inflate to 11 to 15 and so forth we can do that we were just a step slow tonight and it's yeah, okay cuz it's december 30 all
1: Exactly, and I don't think there's really a team right now that can really be that team that's like the running gun Suns or anything like that, so we have to watch out for. I know the, the Warriors themselves, I mean, they can go off, but still, even then, the way the Suns play, I think a lot of these teams have to adapt to the way they play. So I never sure. worry about what the other teams are. It's such a weird thing to think you're just not worried about what the other teams are trying to do on offense or you know defensively because the Suns, they just have too many options right now. And tonight, not a really good example but it's there, guys. It's there. I mean, a Friday night, when they switch ESPN. They'd get out the Lakers and the Clippers game. They put the Suns and the Warriors. Probably not what they wanted, but I'm sure there's still a lot of viewers tonight. Um, but, yeah, again, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, Coach Evan B., you want to go ahead and just let everybody know where to find you, your podcasts and uh, social media, all that good stuff
2: absolutely at he's on fire podcast he's on fire podcast you'll find us on YouTube please subscribe go over there hit the like button as well too and hit the like here we have 60 people watching and only 23 likes. so please uh, what, what does Suns Geek say Hulk smash that like button just like yep. all the other YouTubers but he's on fire podcast we're over there we are on every Wednesday and Sunday night at 930 p.m. local Valley time so please come check us out subscribe there we're on anchor uh, Google podcast Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast or Google Playlist, excuse me, Apple podcast and at Coach Evan B is my personal on Twitter. Very active because we love sports and that's who we are.
1: Yeah, and thanks for coming on. Um, sorry it was thank after you. a loss. You know, it's not like you're a bad luck charm. I did ask you right before the game to come on. In fairness, you know. <laughs> so if this happens again, we might have to rethink. Um, actually, John was supposed to be here, but then all of a sudden his flight did get delayed. So I thank you again. Last minute coming on, it helped us out a lot. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and follow the sons. <laughs> oh, yeah, follow my podcast, too. That's <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, hit subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff. Um, hey, we're up to
2: 27 likes. Keep hitting
1: that. No, it really helps with the algorithm, is. y'all. Hit the we'll like keep, button. Still 58 I watch, watching. <laughs> I watch all night long in my bed before I go to sleep to see how high those like buttons go. <laughs> but on that note, everyone go home and love your family. Good.